Hashtag SAFM Viewpoint. Having conversations, engaging and unpacking some of these issues and we can only do it in a fair manner when we all are sitting at the round table and the lines are open for communication if you have any viewpoints or um, any issues that are related to the subject matters that we're tackling this evening and you'd like to make a comment, you can always call us on 086-000-2032 or send us a voice note on 0614-104-107. And just ID blocking judgment. So I'm sure there are quite a number of people out there who really have experienced this where you wake up one day and you use your ID and they say, unfortunately, we cannot process whatever that needs to be processed because your ID is invalid or has been blocked. Uh, You need to visit home affairs. And to help us... um, talk about these issues, this particular issue. I have Liesl Muller, Senior Attorney uh, Centre for Child Law, joining us online. Good evening and welcome to The Viewpoint. Good evening, Brenda. Thank you. So what does this mean for people that really suffered from mm. having their IDs being blocked? Yes. Okay. So let me just explain quickly that... Um, what you can see from the papers in uh, that came out in the court case is that um, by the time it, it approached uh, the, the court, there were still 800,000 people whose IDs were blocked. And these are mainly uh, registered as South African citizens. And... Um, it, would, it means also that these people have uh, been, un, been unable to use their IDs for many years. Um, what this judgment says is that uh, the department has 12 months to investigate and to see whether any of these cases are uh, a significant security risk. If they are, they must approach the court for an order to keep those ID numbers blocked. But uh, all the rest of those ID numbers must be unblocked within 12 months of now. What it means for children, and, and what that is good news for us, um, is that all children who are blo- blocked must be immediately unblocked, and all children who have been refused birth registration because of their parent being blocked must immediately be registered. My goodness. What led to this? What led to this decision being made? So there was a time when the department started to uh, put all their data electronically in a system. And then it was possible for them to compare information and, and you know, look at the data from a, a, you know, a metadata point of view. And they could see here and there, uh, you know, there were some perhaps inconsistencies, maybe some gaps in data, and then blocked those ID numbers automatically um, by flagging it on the system, which means that uh, they will investigate. But what comes out in the court case is that these cases were never investigated. They were flagged and those cases just uh, weren't investigated and finalized. So some of these people never were able to get a response from the department for 10 to 12 years. Um, and that's because there's no process. Uh, and this is part of why the court find, uh, finds that it is unlawful, because um, for any process, 
any decision that an, an official of the state makes, there has to be a law which authorizes them to make that decision and to make sure that that decision happens in a in a way that is consistent with the Bill of Rights. Mm. And in this case, there was no such process. Yeah. 800,000 is a lot of documentation to investigate within 12 months. So in the case where someone um, has uh, has suffered for the past five years, let's say someone gave birth last year or three years ago, and they have been struggling to register their child, what happens? Because now it's a ripple effect of, okay, you know, your, your, your ID is now activated. Do you then have to go back and re-register your child? And are they acknowledged as a, as a South African citizen? Does this just well, not cause a, a bottleneck um, situation in the system? Absolutely. And this is why it's important that the judge says that children must be registered in the meantime, whether the parent is blocked or not. Um, if the parent's ID gets unblocked in the future, nothing changes. Uh, you know, the documentation is correct. If that parent's ID is, uh, the investigation is finalized and that person is found to be not a South African citizen, then one can go back to the child's case and, and see whether that affects the child's status. Because that child might have another parent who's a South African, so it might not mean anything for the child's citizenship. Mm. So 12 months. I just want to get a bit of clarity here. When we say 12 months, so you hypothetically, I go to home affairs, I present my case, I've been blocked, please look into it. Um, can this be done automatically once they find out that nothing has been done and I've been sitting, this, is, this has been a sitting duck for like maybe four years, three years, or they'll tell me, we'll get back to you. So, I mean, our experience is that uh, we are told they'll get back to you. So, I'm not convinced that if somebody goes to the department now with all the necessary proof that they will be assisted. But in theory, um, it should be possible that if they find the right person to talk to, somebody who has pity on them, they might be able to get unlocked. Because this is what we've done in the past. Uh, you know, we try to put all the evidence together to prove that our client is a South African citizen. And then if you can push in, you know, and find somebody who can help you, then they can unlock it. But otherwise, we'll have to wait until 12 months are over. Any of these people can also bring a court case against the department and ask the court to order the department to unblock the ID. And what if in a case where you've uh, suffered loss and mm. it's, it's verified that you are a citizen of this country and you've been blocked and you've suffered loss, what's ha what happens? Yes. So this is actually the case in a lot of the, the cases that came before court, especially through LHR and then the, the Children's Institute, who was our client in this case. Many of these people, and in fact, most of the cases that we deal with, um, all of them, are legitimate South African citizens. So we assist them to put together the information and we present it to Home Affairs. And many of these cases have been resolved like this. The court now finds that the block was unlawful. That means that that person indeed has the basis for a damages claim against the department. 
Now, what you will see in these cases is that these people have not been able to work for a few years, so they have lots of income. Um, oftentimes, they will have additional expenses because their children were not able to be placed on their medical aid. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to think of all the basic things, but there are so many monetary uh, claims that these people could have against home affairs. Mm. Now, we know that, you know, in the case that was brought forward by a Swatini citizen, that's Pindile Mazibuko, uh, who was residing in South Africa since 98, uh, had her ID blocked, putting her permanent residency at risk, where maybe you've really, you know, followed the proper channels, but, your, you know, your residency then gets affected. You are not 100% a citizen, but, mm. you know, your, your, your permanent, uh, permanent residency gets affected. What happens in that case? So in her case, she actually engaged with the department constantly. She made herself available. She said, please investigate me. I can provide you with all the details. She got a lawyer. That lawyer engaged with the department. And still, it took all of these years to resolve it. And you know, it took the court order as well. So it's the kind of situation where it's difficult to tell people what to do because they might actually need a lawyer, and that's very expensive. But I think people can go to legal aid. People can go to lawyers for human rights. Um, children can approach uh, the Children's Institute or Center for Child Law, and, and we can start the process of uh, proving their, their citizenship or their permanent residence if they're a permanent resident. The lines um, are open, 086-000-2032. Maybe you are one of those uh, individuals that, that struggled or are even still struggling with this particular issue where your ID has been blocked and uh, you've been given the runarounds and all of a sudden now a court order that, that says, you know, another 12 months will come back to you. Uh, we have to still investigate and see. And you really strongly believe that, you, you know, your papers are legit. Uh, what then? It'll be interesting to hear your stories or maybe send us a voice note on 0614104107. Um, I'm speaking to Liesl Muller, Senior Attorney, Centre for Child Law. Uh, coming back to you, Liesl, just maybe explain for me your position and where you're coming from. I know that you are coming from a children aspect where you're looking after children and um, just maybe just elaborate further. Yes, so the Children's Institute is an uh, an institute in at the University of Cape Town, and they uh, struggle to get their first registered. Um, the Center for Child Law, where I where I'm based, we represented them um, as a friend of the court. So we weren't in we weren't the applicants or the respondents. We came in and we re- we asked the court. So that we can provide evidence and uh, the point of view of children in this matter. So we were we were part of the proceedings, but we were not uh, applicants. Okay. So children, we're looking at what age group here? So children, a bit. There are young children who um, are under the age of five. Then there are quite a few children um, in like early teens. And of course, then at some point they become 18 and then they worry about, uh, you know, being deported and these things. But most of these children are at school at going age and they are not going to school. Mm. I've got just one quick voice note and um, then we can wrap up.
good evening, Beta, and your guests. You know, South Africa didn't grow from some of the apartheid laws. Where human beings are just forced into a corner and their life is threatened. If you look at the licensing department, if somebody doesn't renew a car license, they are told that that car continues to to owe. Instead of owing the last license, even it, it doesn't have to owe anything. Because if you don't renew, the car should automatically be cancelled from the system. When you go back to renew the car, then they can add the charge. Not that somebody must owe for the rest of his life the, the money for a car that is no longer moving. It's unfair. I suppose that's another aspect of it, where systems and processes are a little bit... Uh, a little bit broken, if I may say so. But anyway, um, Lizzo, uh, for more information, just quickly, because before I go to the news, if somebody would like to get in touch with you. Yes, you can find our website, Centre for Child Law, um, and then you can also uh, Google the Children's Institute and find the contact details. Email us or call us, and we'll be able to point you in the right direction. Lizel Muller, Senior Attorney Centre for Child Law, joining us this evening. Thank you so much and have yourself a pleasant evening.